0: You know, I've seen him do it a million times now, but I can't tell you how he does it, Henry, the right-handed part. I can tell you a whole lot about what he does with his left hand, though. He's a genius with it. He might put that left hand on your elbow, or up on your bicep, like he's doing now. Very basic move. He's interested in you. He's honored to meet you. But if he gets any higher, if he gets on your shoulder like that, it's not as intimate. It he means he'll share a laugh with you or a secret, a light secret, not a real one, but very flattering. If he doesn't know you that well, he wants to share something emotional with you. He'll lock in with a two-hander. Well, you'll see when he shakes hands with you, Henry. Governor. Governor Stanton, this is Henry Burton. Governor. I met your grandfather once when I was a boy. I hitchhiked to Washington to hear him speak. He was a great man. Thank you, sir.
1: everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, primary colors, which is uh, which was written by anonymous i don 't remember who they finally figured out wrote it, but it was about the uh, the first uh, Bill Clinton presidential campaign and uh, the uh, for obvious reasons if you 've seen it, why whoever wrote it was anonymous because they they really uh, really wasn 't a flattering uh, Flattering picture of Bill Clinton, but uh, but some some cool stuff about how cool Bill Clinton is and how he campaigns and what a masterful politician he is. And I think you know, based on the fact of what's going on uh, with uh, Joe Biden and all the talk of that, which we'll talk about here in just a couple minutes. I think that's just a good example of uh, you know the the political thing and uh, you know how people touch and you know and there's you know there's a there's such a uh, if any if any of you have met certain politicians and and had a chance to talk to them one on one, even for a few seconds, you know the, the 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 big successful politicians they have a charisma to them and they have a they have a uh, they have a presence. I remember a, a commentary about uh, someone that was with a group of people in uh, in the Oval Office with George W. Bush and how he had a chance to just talk to George Bush for a second as they were getting ready to leave about something that was going on with someone in his family and George Bush just just stopped and said, hey, can I pray with you? And, and George Bush just stopped what he was doing and held hands with this guy and you know said a prayer for it's not, i don't remember the details of what was going on with one of his kids or someone in his family that was that was sick and and just made a comment about the the how real he was and you know bigger than life and uh and i can i can tell you you know i can I, i've i've met a few you know i re- met Rick Perry uh, governor of Texas at one time and you know i got talked to him for you know 30 seconds and the guy just has just has something, you know, and and that's it's a uh, it's powerful, you know. It's some people, you know, and you could see the difference when you look at some of the candidates that are running, you know, Kristen Kirsten Gillibrand, she just doesn't have it, and some of the some of these people on. On you know they just don't have that they, you know they don't have that charisma that's going to bring them into the into the possibility of, of becoming president and uh, it's just uh, you know they're larger than life when you when you meet them and uh, but I mean Kirsten Gillibrand sticks out like a sore thumb when when I see her speak I just go what is it that makes her think she has any chance. So anyway, we're going to talk about the guy who's uh the guy who's who's leading in the polls and hasn't even declared he's the candidate yet. But first let me inter- introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman. President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located here in Southern California, lending everywhere. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone, but you kind of, I'd kind of like to pick Ed's brain about this, what are my options, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's a little more personal and you want to ease into this thing, go to wccloans.com, www.wccloans.com. Click on uh, looking for a loan, click on apply now, put in as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, Randy Johnson. Is there anybody else on my team right now? I don't think so. You'll be one of us. And uh, if you're talking to one of them, you're talking to me. And if you're talking to me, you're talking to them as well. We all work on as a team on all our on all our uh, transactions. So uh, very likely you could talk to me as well. So uh, if you hear something on the radio you want uh, repeated or you want to share it, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Uh, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And uh, you can uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free and have it weekly automatically download to your uh, your your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPod or your iPad or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your computer, whatever you listen to podcasts on, and. Uh, never miss it and don't have to worry about what time I'm playing on the radio you just hear it whenever it's convenient for you Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman where I tweet about current events all week long Um, and I'm uh, a little unfiltered there Um, uh, Facebook, uh, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. If you'd like to leave me some comments, good or bad the listener hotline 855-640-2092 And, uh, when I get some interesting ones, I might just play them on the, play them on the radio. Uh, so, uh, so be as, be as, uh, as animated as you'd like. So anyway, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the leading, uh, the leading, uh, guy in the polls on the Democrat side who hasn't even declared Mr. Creepy Uncle Joe, uh, Joe Biden years after conservatives started referring to Joe Biden as creepy Uncle Joe because of his Fondness for touching and kissing women and children he barely knows. You know, back in the day, wasn't it? That's what politicians do. Hey, you shake hands and kiss babies. Shake hands and kiss babies. So apparently, that's not in style anymore. Um, seven women who felt they were violated by the former vice president spoke up, and all it all it took was a bunch of Democrat women running for president to make it happen. You know, is this timing suspicious? I mean, you got all these people running for president. Joe Biden hasn't has not declared yet, but he's still leading in every single poll out there. And they say he can beat Trump. I doubt that. Um, but the uh and I'll and I'll you know point out why at the end of this section, but um uh it seems suspicious as he's getting close to where he's gonna need to either announce he's running or he's not running and all this stuff's coming out. Could either be that or they're testing this. Let's get it out on the on the on the table before uh uh, before he gets in, just to, hey, let's just, let's not worry about when someone's going to dump this on everybody. Let's just deal with it now so it's, it's behind us. Um, cause most of this stuff, most of this stuff is, uh, oh, uh, nothing burgers. Uh, it's all just, uh, white noise. It's just, uh, it's just, it's, oh, this thing's overblown. But you know, the Democrats, the Democrats dug their own grave and, uh, you know, they talk a bit, they talk a, a big game on sexual assault when it's Brett Kavanaugh, when it's, uh, Trump or any, any Republican, but when it's, when it's, when it's Biden, now it's, now they're trying to, to play it off like it's nothing. Um, and quite frankly, it probably is nothing. It probably is nothing. And, and I'll, I'll give you my opinion as we go through this, but, uh, uh, but so was, so was, Hey, whatever Brett Kavanaugh did, couldn't corroborate any of it. And, uh, the stuff that the stuff where uh, where Trump got caught on a hot mic talking uh, talking locker room talk to another guy. You know what? Every guy does it. I, told, I was talking to my sister one time, and I said, hey, you know what? Every guy does it, including your husband and your son and your rabbi and everybody else. Guys get around guys, and they talk like guys. And the only thing worse than that are women. When they get around women and there's no guys around, they talk worse. And so far, I've never had a woman deny that. But my wife told me that was the truth, and I usually, if Don says it, it's probably true. And uh, even, if I, even if I don't agree with it, sometimes uh, it's usually true if she says it. And uh, But when I've talked to other women, they say, uh, I won't deny that. I won't deny that. So here's a rundown of the seven women who spoke out about their experiences with Biden. It started a week ago when former Nevada Lieutenant Governor nominee Lucy Flores said she felt embarrassed, shocked, and wanted nothing more than for Joe Biden to get away from me. When he smelled her hair and gave her a big slow kiss on the head. Gave her a big slow kiss on the back, on the top of her head. At a campaign five years ago, here's what she says about Biden now.
0: I've never said that I thought that he was a bad person. I think that for me, this and other positions that he's taken are problematic and, and that he does not acknowledge that the, that the way in which he treats or at least the way in which he's interacted with many women, because that was the reason why I decided to say something. I felt him get closer. He leaned in and was like right behind me on my body. And he leans down, smells my hair, and then plants this big, long kiss on the top of my head.
1: Well, you don't remember the late 70s when they when, uh, they had this commercial on TV?
0: Susie, I did not borrow you. Gee, your hair smells terrific! Shampoo, so Jimmy would notice how good my hair smells. Oh no, I used it to get my hair really clean and shiny, like yours. And that's the only reason. The only reason. Gee, your hair smells terrific.
1: Yeah, well, used to be women wanted their hair to smell terrific, so guys would the guys would smell it and say some nice things about them. Today, it's creepy. When Amy Lapos was an aide for Congressman Jim Hines in 2009, Biden touched her face and rubbed his nose against hers at a fundraiser. It wasn't sexual, but he did grab me by my my head, she said. Here's more.
0: He walked up to me and wrapped his hands around my face like that and pulled me in and started rubbing noses with me. Um, And it wasn't, you know, like, an Eskimo kiss or, and then stop. It was for like a good 15 seconds. And I remember thinking, is he going to kiss me? It's not rape, but it doesn't need to be rape to not be right.
1: You know what? We all know people that are touchy feely all the time. They're always hugging you. They're always coming up and give you a kiss on the cheek, and you know, uh, you know, it's people are are like that. And some people, some people welcome that kind of uh, that kind of affection, and some people are a little creepy about it. And you know, for a politician, I don't really think I don't really think it's a big deal uh, most of the time. I would say if I was a politician and I was like that, I would. I would, in today's, in today's society, I'd say, hey, let's make sure and keep it appropriate. And Joe Biden probably goes a little farther. But, I, you know, Joe's, Joe's, how old is he? He's 78. He's 70. He's in his late 70s. He's who he is. You know, some people, some, you know, you might see, uh, watch The Godfather. Watch The Godfather. Watch, you know, I, I hate that stereotype, but, you know, Italian people are all huggy like that. And it seems like, and, uh, you know, maybe some Jewish people too. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying, I I think, Uh, I, I think, I think the Italian people I know, they're, they're, they're like that. They're, hey, come here, give me a kiss, give me a hug, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's a big deal like they're making it. I think he should, I think he should back off and be aware of of people's, uh, people's, uh, Uh, feelings about it and just, hey, ease it off now if you're going to run for president. Ease it off even if you're not. So anyway, by Tuesday, allegations of two uh, two more women were in New York Times. DJ Hill says at a 2012 fundraiser in Minneapolis, Biden rested his hand on her shoulder and then started to move it down her back, making her very uncomfortable. Only he knows his intent, she said. I would say, hey, you know his intent. He put his hand on your back and he went down your back. Did he touch your butt? Or he didn't touch your butt. If he stopped there, then, hey, he was just being affectionate. Okay? In the same In the same Times report, Caitlin Caruso said she was giving a talk about sexual assault at the University of Nevada in 2016. After her speech, the vice president hugged her a little bit too long and laid his hand on her thigh. Gross! So, you know what? He hugged her and put his hand. So, he gave her a hug uh, and went over the line as to how long he held on to it. Uh, Does that mean it was three seconds or it was two and a half seconds or it was five seconds? You know, that's well, you know, thinking back back to 2016, three years ago uh, or, you know, and maybe sat down and he put his hand on her thigh. Hey, good to see you. You know, it may be it may be nothing as far as I'm concerned. Sounds pretty creepy, but don't tell that to MSNBC and The View. Is this really where we
0: want to go with Me Too? He's a nice guy. He's not a predator. And this is ridiculous. Let me just say it. This is ridiculous. You're eating those who can beat Trump. So I don't know that we will see any more smelling of hair and kisses well, on the forehead. Side, and she, she, that that, you, that pisses me off. You I'm know, telling you. because. Thought? Well,
1: I don't want Joe to stop doing that. I don't either. You know? Yeah, me neither. I don't want him to stop it because it's... Just keeps him in the news when he does. But you know what? Think about it. Think about when they were signing the uh, Affordable Care Act and uh, and Joe Biden whispered into into uh, Obama's ears, not realizing there was a microphone that caught him and say, this is a big effing deal. Wasn't he standing behind uh, behind Obama and kind of stuck his face right up next to him and whispered in his ear? I don't really think Biden is making a sexual thing because I think he touches people like guys too. Um so by Thursday allegations from three more women were in the Washington Post. Allie Cole at a 2008 reception, Biden squeezed her shoulders and held her for a long time. She does not look at look back on the incident fondly. Well, Sophie Karasek was photographed holding hands and touching foreheads with Biden at the 2016 Oh, at the 2016 Oscars. What was Biden doing at the Oscars? She was par- she was part of Lady Gaga's performance for sexual assault survivors. But I didn't, th- I didn't think he was going to kiss me, she said, but it felt like if I met eyes, it wasn't out of the question. Now that people constantly tell her, it looks like he's about to kiss you in the photo, she feels ashamed and angry at Biden. Well, you know what? People can say what people can say. In the same post report, a woman named Vail Yont said she was a young White House intern in 2013 when Biden put his hand on the back of, his, on the back of her head, pressed his forehead against hers and called her a pretty girl. I was so shocked. It was so hard to focus on what he was saying, she said. Oh, boo-hoo. Anyway, I think it's a lot to do. They're making such a big deal out of this, you can't not talk about it. So I had to put in my my uh my opinions so nancy pelosi does all this disqualify joe biden to run for president for a third time
0: i don't think it's disqualifying because i don't i think
1: it disqualifies
0: with what your intention is i do think this about communication in general beyond this i'm, I'm a member of the straight arm club i mean i'm not straight armor <laughs> I, this. I just pretend you have a cold and i have a cold <laughs>
1: You know what I, I I hate to agree with people on the what the view say or what Nancy Pelosi says, but you know what I'm married to a classy lady and and I just know how she handles herself, and I know that we have some friends that are touchy feely and I always want to give her a hug and a kiss all the time, and I know she's probably not that comfortable with it, and she just handles it cool, so she she keeps so she keeps her distance without without being cold. And you know, just you know, there's there's a there's a way to handle it. Maybe we should have women uh train in uh, uh, what do they call those charm schools? Having a having a little uh, you know, deal deal with yourself as a woman uh, with a little confidence and uh, maybe then you wouldn't be all creaked out by people. So, it sounds like Joe Biden thinks uh, doesn't think this disqualifies him either and he wants America to know that he gets it.
0: Today I want to talk about just as a support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. And i always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. The social norms have begun to change, they've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying.
1: You know what? Uh, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but I have to say, I have to say that I. I support. I support his his position here. I don't really think it's. I don't think it's a big deal. He should probably back off because it's the way the world is now. But I just don't think it's anything. Uh, anything crazy. He made a speech Friday morning uh, in front of the electric electricians union and uh, and I clipped this one little piece out of it because I thought it was. Uh, if this guy's running for president, he needs to be more conscious about what he says.
0: I want to say something to you all. Congratulations. And what I mean by that. Congratulations, because you guys are leading the union movement back. 2017, Baltimore Gas and Electric, 1,418 new brothers and sisters, biggest in 125 years. 2018, Atlanta Gas and Light, 700 new brothers and sisters. And it keeps going on. Look, we're coming back. You are coming back. We need you back. When I look out of this crowd, let me tell you what I see. I see my old neighborhood in Clamont and Scranton. I see the backbone, and no, this is not hyperbole. I see the backbone of the nation. I see people not only are smart, but people with physical courage to do the things your members have to do.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, why do you think that is? Because the electricians' union is, is recruiting? They're doing a good job recruiting? It's like uh, they're going door-to-door, registering people as as electricians? Um, or is it because of jobs? You know, hey, you guys are coming back. You got the, the biggest increase in membership in 125 years. For what reason do we want to elect you, Biden? Because it sounds to me like the economy is, is kicking butt and... Things are things are on the right, are going in the right on the right direction under under President Trump, and and I'm not going to give say hey, Trump created all those jobs. Trump did this. Trump created an environment where the free market works, and these guys are electricians, so they're working on houses and they're working on underground cables and they're working on whatever they do. But you know what? The economy the economy grows as big companies and entrepreneurs and investors put their money into making things happen, innovating, building, doing all that. And that creates jobs, which creates uh, more need for houses, more needs for products. And Trump brought that environment back to this country. And I give him, and I give him credit for it. And you know what? I know that Trump, if, if he ended up being, he starts making comments like that. Trump's going to say, why do you think that is? And he's going to take credit for it. And rightly So, Rightly so. So anyway, uh, just some things to think about, folks. You know, listen to this stuff and listen, you know, uh, at a... I was talking to uh, a friend of mine that that we go to church with, and he was talking about uh, he watch he's been watching me in church, and he says, you know what, I li- I watch you listen to the sermon, and and you listen to every word, and you're and you're concentrating on what's being said, and you're thinking about it, and you- and I say, you know what, that's how I listen to the sermons, that's how I watch movies because every little thing means something. Every little comment, every little sentence has been has been orchestrated every little movement, and there's a reason for every little thing I'm assuming that the pastor practices that 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 sermon and he knows he wants to tell these stories, and these stories aren't may may pop in, but there's certain things he wants in there, and there's a reason for that and I listen and I concentrate and I do that when I go to the movies and uh and so I, why I'm popping in movie clips all the time is uh because this stuff, you know, somebody spent a whole bunch of time making sure that was there because they wanted you to, to notice it. That's why you watch watch a movie one time, one time you go, wow, that was a great movie. You know what? There's probably a, a whole nother movie. You didn't even see because you can't see it all at one time. You know, you're thinking about one scene as the next scene's going on and, so I, I give you these things to con hey, I watch this stuff, it makes me think. I'm gonna point them out to you so you can think. And hopefully, uh, in the process. Hey, you don't have to believe believe have the same opinion I have, but you listen to them, maybe you don't hear it. I'm I'm pointing out the stuff that that I hear and so you can think about it. You know what uh there's a lot of stuff going on in this country, and and I don't I don't I don't agree. With a lot of the stuff that's going on, and for the sake for the sake of you know where we're where we're going, where we're going uh, spiritually, sexually, all the all the stuff that's going on in this country, and there's a lot of it I don't I don't agree with. There's a lot of the stuff economically that I that I agree with, Um, and I and I and I do this show. Because I'm concerned about the world my grandkids are gonna be be in. You know what? I have the my kids will be here 20 or 30 years longer than I will be, and they're gonna get hurt by this. But who's really gonna get hurt is our grandkids. Are you know? I have a, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, seven-year-old old granddaughter and a five-year-old grandson. And what kind of world are we leaving for them? What kind of country are we leaving for them? We need to turn this around. I'm gonna talk about more of what's more of what's going on. Uh, but right now we're gonna. Go for uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and, tra- and uh, sports. And I'll be right back with more of this. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate or financing on the radio because uh, not on this show anyway. Although, uh, because I think if you're not in the market, it just isn't that interesting to talk to. But until when you're actually ready for it, and then you say, hey, I want to talk to somebody I trust, somebody that I think uh, thinks like me and will deal with me straight. Um, So if you're in the market to, to buy a new house, to live in, buy a new investment property, buy a vacation home, refinance one of the properties that you have, or check out that uh, reverse mortgage thing that everybody's talking about for uh, people above uh, older than 62, then uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. So uh, we're talking about uh, Uncle Joe Biden And, uh, and his stuff in the first, in the first half. And, uh, then we got to, uh, I think we finished that one up. Let's talk about the border crisis this week. It's at a new high. Remember when customs and border protection reported that 76,000 migrants were detained in February, the highest number of apprehensions in 12 years. It appears when the counting gets done that they may be reporting over a hundred thousand in March. Uh, this is, this is, As Mexico announces they'll start issuing humanitarian visas on a limited basis to some of the 2,500 migrants gathered at the southern state of Chiapas, which I assume is the state that is the southern border of Mexico, they started handing those visas out on Monday. President Trump, who declared a national emergency on our southern border in February... Uh, that Democrats are still mocking, is now threatening to close the border if Congress doesn't act. And Mexico does nothing to stop the flow of Central American migrants passing through their country.
0: Mexico is now stopping people coming. Very easy for them to do, stopping people coming in through Mexico. Let's see if they keep it done. If if they keep doing that. Now, if they don't, or if we don't make a deal with Congress, the border is going to be closed. 100% and that has to be changed And it can be changed In 45 minutes
1: So He says that Mexico is stopping people So if Mexico is stopping people We're still getting uh, 100,000 People coming over the border In a month Um, What does that mean Those are all Mexicans They're not Hondurans and Guatemalans And El Salvadorians they're all Mexicans. I don't know. I don't know what the detail is, but we do know do know some uh, some more stuff, which I'll point out right now. Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen said this week that the border is, is a disaster akin to a Category Five hurricane. And you know what the Democrats would be saying if it was a Category Five hurricane? We have to send the federal government. We need aid. We need to take care of these people. So this one just doesn't look like a like Mother Nature. So they they are denying it. So uh, Democrats won't listen to her, but maybe they would listen to Obama's own Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson.
0: By anyone's definition, by any measure, right now we have a crisis at our southern border. Uh, According to the commissioner of CBP, there were 4,000 apprehensions in one day alone this past week, and we're on pace for 100,000 apprehensions on our southern border this month. That is by far... A greater number than anything I saw on my watch in my three years as Secretary of Homeland Security.
1: And think about think about it. You got you know, most Americans are, are are uh insulated from this. Okay, hey, it might be happening at the border, but it's not happening it's not happening to me. You know, if we don't stop this, if we do what the Democrats want, what Gavin Newsom wants, leave the borders open, tear down the walls, what uh Beto O'Rourke says, Hey, I'm gonna tear down the walls if I'm president tear them down. Hey, you know what? Those people are going to keep coming up and you know, when, you know, a hundred thousand this month, a hundred thousand next month, 200,000 the next month. And at some point you got a bunch of people that don't have any place to stay that are looking for stuff that are coming into your neighborhood and uh, bothering you at the, at the, at the grocery stores and at the gas pump. And maybe uh, when you're not at home, they're, they're, uh, they're creeping around your house and looking in your windows and figuring out how they can get in and take some of your stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, being uh, maybe I'm being uh, maybe I'm exaggerating it a little bit too much. But this is real. Don't wait till it gets to that before we do something about it. Uh, and contrary to what CBS News reported last week, coyotes who smuggle people to the border are not angels trying to help anyone. Listen to what Nielsen said about the border that says the Border Patrol is dealing with when it comes to coyotes.
0: The smugglers sure. are more active than ever before at advertising how to come into this country with a child. Uh, we've broken up so-called child recycling rings, if you can believe it, in the last uh, couple months, which is where smugglers uh, kidnap a child. They give it to an adult uh, to cross the border, present themselves as a family. Uh, once they get in, uh, because as you know, we can only hold families for 20 days, they send the child back and bring the child back with another family, another fake family, another right.
1: adult. Yep, and here's another thing coyotes are doing, telling people they'll only be allowed to stay here if they bring their kids. How do we know that? This migrant from Honduras told Chris Cuomo on CNN.
0: Why did he take his kid with him to come here if it's just to work? se trajo usted a su hijo si usted viene a trabajar? Porque si eh, eso está que si uno viene con el menor a uno le dan permiso si no yo hubiera ido para Honduras si yo he estado 3, 4 meses preso y hubiera ido para Honduras It's what you and I were talking about he says that if he comes here with his son then he's allowed to stay y quiero, otherwise y he quiero, thinks he's allowed he to stay he thinks he's allowed who told that le dijo, pucho pucho le, le dijo eso no dijo? eso es en todo el país eso es una noticia pero, no pero, quiero... pero, pero esa noticia que se dice de personas Smugglers
1: are telling them, you bring your kid, you can get in." Yeah, so now if CNN Chris Cuomo is hearing that firsthand, he's hearing it from one of the guys that, that came over. Does that make it real then? It's not a manufactured crisis. And, uh, and, you know, and if they're being told that, that means they're mocking our laws. They're saying, hey this is the rules in the united states you want to get in there just bring one of your kids with you oh you don't have a kid oh we'll 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 rent you one we'll rent you one we kidnap this one from somebody else we'll let you borrow it till you get over and then when they release you we're going to take that kid back up and loan it loan that kid to somebody else and uh you know this stuff is happening folks it's not it's not real till it gets to your door but I'm anxious to hear how the how the conversation changes now that Chris Chris Cuomo has has actually heard it. You know, one one of the things they're talking about, one of the things they're talking about, as as Trump says, says, hey, you know what? If if they don't stop this, I'm just going to close the whole southern border so no one comes in and no one goes out. And, you know, that's going to be a bummer for a lot of people that go back and forth. Um, But here's here's another thing they're talking about. And at least once, a California grower says a shutdown of the U.S.-Mexico border could bring an avocado shortage. The CEO of Mission Produce, the world's largest avocado grower, told Reuters that if the border is shut down, the U.S. would run out of avocados in about three weeks. He says Mexico supplies nearly all of our avocados this time of year. Forbes points out that you may still be able to find the green fruit in stores. We also get avocados from Florida and Peru, and the California crop is just starting to show up in stores and will pick up over the summer. What? No guac? What's the deal? Hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's key in on what this guy said. The California growers are starting to put their crop in about this time of year. All of it comes from Mexico this time of year, but then the California crop is going to start showing up. I talked about this one time uh, when we were talking about the North American Free Trade Amendment. Trade agreement. So I I met some people that have about 300 acres in Temecula, and they grow avocados and various other other uh, other fruit uh, out there. And uh, and they said, you know how the North American Free Trade Agreement works is that um, the California growers can't harvest their. It's not a question of their avocados aren't ripe until till April. It's a matter of they can't sell against. Against Mexico because they don't have any laws about their pesticides or picking up uh, avocados that fall on the ground or this or that. They don't have any. They don't have all that all that regulation, so they can sell their avocados much cheaper. So as long as they're competing against Mexico they have to they have to leave their 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 avocados I don't know if that's a fruit or a vegetable seems like a vegetable because not sweet but I think it might be a fruit but I don't know uh so as long as 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 long as Mexico hasn't run out they can't compete so they leave their avocados on on the tree and during that time if they get ripe and fall on the ground they can't sell those because that's against the rules in California so you know hey it fell on the ground there's nothing wrong with it because that skin around it doesn't get eaten anyway. So if it got a little dirt on the skin, rinse it before you cut it open. But, but realize that because of that, the California growers can't start harvesting until April because that's about the time of the year when Mexico runs out of their crop. So, uh, I don't know. Is this going to be a big crisis? I think we'd be just fine. I think we'd be just fine and the California growers will probably be happy. You know and if if you're not sure, well Temecula, Fallbrook, uh, Escondido, there's avocado f- uh, fields everywhere. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to grow an avocado tree in my backyard because I'm saying, "Hey, I love avocados. How come I don't have a tree in my backyard?" because yeah, we got a grocery store down the street. Okay, so let's let's go on. Okay, uh Dem- the Democrats are demanding a full Mueller report. One week after Attorney General uh, Bill Barr's summary of the Mueller report was released, absolving the president of all criminal wrongdoing or collusion with Russia to win the election. Democrats have moved on to demanding the full 400-page report be released. Leading the charge is Jerry Nadler, the next Democrat who loves to hear himself talk. Uh, He's from New York. He's chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Nadler is demanding immediate release of the full report and counteracting him is Republican Mark Meadows, who reminds us that, number one, Nadler said something very different in the 90s when the president was being investigated was Bill Clinton. Uh, and two, he said something very different in this case when he thought Mueller's, Mueller's full report might benefit Trump rather than incriminate him.
0: When we were opposing release of some of that material 20 years ago, it was released to the public we were opposing. The committee must see everything, as was done in every prior instance.
1: It's interesting that we hear Chairman Nadler making that argument before the cameras because when he was in a room with me, he made it exactly the opposite argument he says oh we can't release grand jury information when it stood to benefit the president of the united states he took a totally opposite effect yeah it's uh it's it's amazing what people say in front of the cameras and what they do uh what's interesting is uh what movie was that dinesh d'souza did was it uh hillary's america where they talked the history of the democrat party and find out about how how the uh how the Democrats changed their tune as to how they campaign versus how they, how they govern, uh, that happened around, uh, 1964, uh, and how Lyndon Johnson, uh, uh, made the Lyndon Johnson and running for reelection after he became president for the first term to that he was finishing up, uh, Kennedy's term after he was assassinated. Interesting little thing there I saw in a movie that, uh, Hillary's America. Even if you're a Democrat, you should watch it because it's it's eye opening. So, oh wow, I never thought. Oh wow. Oh wow. Uh, you know what? watch with watch with your brain turned on, and of course, Nancy Pelosi has to chime in on this well, the people, American people deserve and want the truth overwhelmingly, you see
0: that whatever the truth may, let the chips fall where they may let 's show us the truth. He's saying now, maybe the middle of April it keeps it keeps getting a little closer, but there
1: will be a release of the Mueller report I think uh, Nancy Pelosi is trying to. Uh... To uh, posture herself to not be so wacko as her party becomes farther and farther off, you know, hanging off the cliff there. Uh, I think she's trying. I think she's consciously trying to to dial it down. And I haven't heard from Chuck. I haven't seen Chuck Schumer in in front of the mic lately since the Mueller report came out. I haven't really seen him in there uh, opening his mouth. Maybe he went on vacation. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe he's just been on two week vacation. Or maybe he doesn't like the taste of crow. And uh, what does Trump say about all this stuff?
0: Anything we give them will never be enough.
1: What about the fact? We
0: could give them. It's a 400 page report, right? We could give them 800 pages and it wouldn't be enough.
1: No, I agree. And uh I heard uh Friday morning uh that the Democrats are are demanding um was it Friday morning? Was it they were talking about something the Democrats are demanding that Donald Trump give him six years of taxes. And you know what I say? I say, Hey, you know what? Your 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 uh your personal income taxes are between you and the IRS. I don't think I don't think we have a right if he want if he wants to disclose it as part of his financial disclosure. And I know a lot of presidential candidates uh, typically do. If he doesn't want to because of the complexity of his financials, um, I don't blame him. And I don't and I'm and I'm fine with that. I don't think, it, you know, whatever, whatever uh, Trump makes is his. It's not mine anyway. So why do I care? And how much he pays in taxes is between him his CPA and the IRS. And and I'm sure he gets audited quite often um, because of the complexity. And I'm sure that I'm sure that based on what we see with the deep state and the you know they they'd like to find him in a, they'd like to find something wrong. I'm sure Trump goes through uh, his goes through his share of uh, being under the microscope by the by the uh, Internal Revenue Service. And quite frankly, you know what? What really what really makes me more mad than people saving money on their taxes that should pay their share. What What bothers me more are the people that I see that are small business people or not so small business people um, that are at a point where they just cheat. They just don't, they just, hey, I'm filing it this way, which I know it's not supposed to, but I save money on my taxes by by reporting my income over here instead of over there. Okay. Um, I don't want to show this because of this, you know, I've, and it's, it's not a little problem. It's a big problem. And then I say, Hey, well, you know what? Your tax guy needs to justify his, his existence by getting you a big, big refund, but by saving you 500 or a thousand or or $5,000, you gave up your opportunity to, to, uh, uh, qualify for a loan. So, and especially for people that are investors that, that, that qualify that, uh, finance regularly. I talked to one today. I say, you know what? You're worried about $8,000, but you realize that you by by filing your taxes this way, you pay $8,000 more. You could make another $150,000 in profit because now you've got access to bank bank loans. Don't be tied up and don't be stepping over the dollars to pick up the pennies. Don't lose $150,000 because you're trying to save $8,000 in, in taxes. Now look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. And hey, well, you want to get, some, uh, some, some, uh, government guaranteed, uh, loans or some bank bank, you know, government sponsored entities loans, but you don't want to show the government what you make. Well, you know, you if you don't report it, you can't. And especially for self-employed people, the, especially for self-employed people, um, we don't have any, the only way we can document what you make is what you report on your taxes. So that's the only way it is. And you know, the, the, the thought processes, you wouldn't, Pay taxes on it if it wasn't real, because why would you? Um, so, hence there. But you know what? The the other thing that 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 uh, bothers me is the people that stand on the freeway on ramps, freeway off ramps, and say, hey, uh, "Homeless, hungry, please help." And I don't know if they're homeless or hungry. Um, some of them look like they've had a fresh shower and clean clothes on, uh, but you know they have a dirty uh, little piece of cardboard with the sign on it. And, uh, and sometimes they keep a couple bags of stuff with them, so it looks like they're living at the freeway off-ramp. But, you know, those guys are collecting two, $300 a day. I don't know how they can't, because you can see every time a group of cars, somebody gives them $2 or $5, or you get it every, every time. Every time, hey, here's a group of people waiting at the light, they collect a few dollars, and then and there's another group in five minutes. So let's see, every five minutes, that's 20 groups of car every hour if they got... $2 from every group, that's 40 bucks an hour. And you know how much they pay in taxes? None. And you know what? Think about think about if you have a job that makes $40, 50,000 a year and you have to pay, you know, uh, 25% of that in taxes. These people make twice as much as you and they don't pay any taxes. What's the solution, Ed? Consumption tax, national sales tax. Get rid of the IRS. Nobody has to report anything nobody has to report anything just when you buy something you pay you pay tax nobody has to pay nobody gets to pay zero nobody has to pay fifty percent so that's my that's my uh that's my solution uh, so anyway, let's go on um so uh, they might be the, these people might be fresh new faces but uh, for Congress, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez (AOC) and Elon Omar are providing are proving that it's possible to enter politics with plenty of corruption under your belt. So AOC has been hit with her second federal election commission complaint. This one alleging that alleging that she and her campaign manager operated a subsidy scheme that violated campaign finance laws. The complaint accuses Ocasio-Cortez and her campaign manager, Sycat check Chakrabarti. Of overseeing a shadowy web of political action committees that allowed them to raise more cash than they could legally. If you've ever been to a political fundraiser, hey, you got to fill out all these forms. You're only allowed to, to to write a check for this much. You can't go over that. You can go under it, but you have to fill out everything. So if you write a bunch of $500 checks, doesn't go over $2,700 per election. So uh, so every there's a, people are are obeying the laws, and then there's some people that aren't obeying the laws. So uh, it also alleged an LLC was created. Which is a limited liability company, was created to avoid federal expenditure requirements by offering AOC and other Democratic candidates political consulting services at a price so low that the company apparently shut down before the election was over. Um, the complaint named Ocasio Cortez, Chakrabarti, now her chief of staff, and three political action committees that serviced her com- campaign. The first one was Justice Democrats PAC, the Brand New Congress PAC, and Brand New Congress. So you got Brand new Congress, LLC, and the brand new Congress, PAC, and plus the Justice Democrats, PAC. Uh, Oh, and AOC was in charge of her campaign while simultaneously serving as a board member of the Justice Democrats PAC. All this two months after a separate lawsuit alleged her campaign laundered 6000 6, through one of the PACs to pay Riley Roberts, AOC's boyfriend. Ah, uh, nothing to see here, right? Uh, so anyway, meanwhile, AOC shared more of her poignant, well-informed thoughts on the economy this week. We have runaway income inequality. We are at one of our most
0: unequal points, uh, economically speaking, in American history. We are dealing with a crisis of of how our economy is even made up our
1: economy is increasingly financialized which means we are making profits off of interest off of leasing your phone off of doing all of these things but we aren't producing and we aren't innovated innovating in the way that we need to as an economy okay well you know what uh that was on tucker carlson and uh brooke who helps me. Uh, do my show she says you realize that Tucker agreed with her and they say well Tucker's just not as smart as I am on certain subjects and uh and let me point some out hey we don't make a profit on leasing phones we don't make a profit we don't make a profit on interest banks do but realize people won't lease a phone you know no one's gonna go lease a new iPhone unless unless we're being innovative and Apple's creating new phones that people want to trade up to and as long as they're As long as they're doing that, hey, well, you know what? I don't have the cash to pay it. Okay, we're going to lease it to you then. So, to those are financial tools designed to help you buy stuff. Okay, Um, if you think about, uh, hey, the interest on credit, credit enables the economy to move. Well, you know what? In the old days, you had to come up with if you didn't have cash to buy a house, then you didn't buy a house. And if you're, uh, and if so, therefore, since nobody has any money in savings, typically. If you're not buying a house for about uh, 25000 or less, you're probably not ever going to have one. And then they started doing loans worth 20% down, 20% down, and people would finance or carry the paper, and uh, which enabled more people to afford a house. The value of our houses went up. Prices went up by the free market. Okay, Financing becoming available made them go up. And then when it became 0% down... 0% down and zero qualifications. You saw the price of houses go way up because financing made it so easy. Didn't have to make sense. So anyway, if we weren't innovating, there would be no need for finan- financial tools. And uh, this is what helps the economy grow is that kind of stuff. These are tools by which to make the economy Work that's not, we're not making profit on it. As for Elon Omar, she's not just anti Semitic, she's a violator of, of campaign finance laws. Two, the complaints against her in Minnesota alleges that during her time as state lawmaker, Omar used campaign money to pay for her divorce attorney and personal travel. Minnesota State Representative Steve Draskowski, a Republican, alleged Omar spent $6,000 in campaign money on her divorce attorney and trips to Estonia and Boston. While a Minnesota campaign finance board was alerted she had to repay 2,500 of money she accepted for speeches from state-funded colleges. Uh, here's more from uh, James Ro- uh, Rosen's report.
0: She's repeatedly um, trampled on the laws of the state in a variety of of, of areas and gotten by with it. Dreskowski claims Omar, a Muslim immigrant from Somalia, deflects tough questions by ascribing racism to her critics. There's a political fear that people have of being uh, called a name, being called a bigot, be, being called a uh, racist, being called uh, Islamophobic. During a radio debate with Zelensky last October, Omar indeed called Drazkowski a bigot, even as she hesitated to deny the campaign finance allegations outright. Did you use any funds, uh, campaign funds, improperly for any travel that wasn't directly related to your campaign?
1: If there was um, an, an improper action, I would not have used it. Yep. She sounds clear to me. Sounds like there's no problem there. So anyway, these are some more things to stimulate some thought, folks. You know, the trick, to, the trick to making it through this life is use your brain, think, make decisions. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week
0: expressed on this program are of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License number 01147747, NMLS 9873, and California Finance Lenders
1: License number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 0937346.